Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. A young man planning to kill a bunch of hot cheerleaders instead blew himself up. Uh, let's look into that. In June of 2020, a man walked into a health clinic in Richlands, a small town in Virginia. He was bleeding profusely from his hands. Or should I say, hand. His left hand was completely missing. The other was so terribly mangled that it wasn't even clear that he was missing a few fingers until he received an x-ray. He also had what appeared to be lacerations all over his neck. Needless to say, injuries of this magnitude were just a bit above the reasonable scope of a small health clinic. This man was 23-year-old Cole Carini, and he was flown into the Clinch Valley Medical Center in Richlands, where he was rushed into surgery that lasted for about an hour and a half. After, he would speak shortly with the police officer. He told the officer that his injuries occurred after a lawnmower accident. The officers found this explanation to be a little lacking. Losing one hand, along with several fingers on the other, and cutting up his throat would have indicated that he would have flipped the mower over, started the blade, and fallen into it. Police were easily able to see that Carini had been arrested in 2016 on charges related to making explosives. He was actually still on probation for that charge. But being cool guys and giving him the benefit of the doubt, not really. They went to his house and his grandmother's house in order to find the location of the purported lawnmower accident. The first thing that they noticed was a very overgrown yard with grass about six inches long. Now this doesn't necessarily mean Carini was lying. I mean, he could have gotten injured while trying to start the lawnmower and not have actually gotten anything done. But police weren't able to find any evidence that a mower was used at all in any capacity. What they did find, however, was evidence of an explosion with a trail of blood starting at a minivan outside, leading up to the front door and continuing into the bedroom. Now, an explosion would have explained away Carini's injuries much better than a lawnmower mishap would have. Following the trail of blood into the bedroom, police found a plastic bottle containing triacetone tripexoride, a chemical that's often used for crude, improvised explosive devices. The plastic of the container was punctured and peeled outwards, consistent with an explosion. Nearby was a box of old, rusty nails, something that could be used as shrapnel within these devices. Finding these two items raised suspicions even further, to say the least. Near the window, there was a cut-up t-shirt, consistent with the pattern of wounds that Carini had suffered. Police would soon find even more compelling evidence when they looked up. All the way up. On the ceiling was a large amount of what appeared to be blood, along with chunks of flesh-colored, well, flesh chunks. Some sort of probably human creature blew up here. Outside, at Carini's grandmother's house, from the railroad tracks behind the house, they noticed a surveillance system, empty chemical containers similar to the previous one, loose wires, PVC pipes, cords, cables, and a small crater of loose soil consistent with a small explosion near the shed. 
The police also spoke with a couple of his grandmother's neighbors, who would go on to say that they would hear loud bangs and pops all throughout the day, fairly often. One neighbor even speculated that Carini was firing off a rifle in his shed, for some reason. This gave police probable cause to search the grandmother's shed on the property. Inside, they found coffee filters. While normally this would be simple enough, these filters contained a sort of crystallized residue. Along with this, they found electronics, such as switches, and containers of yet more unidentified chemical fluids. But it was within a nearby pile of crumpled up papers that the cops would find their most concrete evidence, what you could argue was basically in the form of confessions. These trashed papers contained what basically amounted to a manifesto, one that Carini intended to release along with a terrorist attack that he had been slowly piecing together and preparing for. In these papers, which I'm going to refer to as his letters, Carini referenced how he would walk through the mall, concealing deadly weapons in his jacket while he gawked at attractive women. He felt slighted by these women. Carini is what they would refer to on the internet as an incel, and I'm willing to bet a lot of you already probably know what an incel is, but just because it's necessary to comprehend the rest of the story, let's go over it a little bit. Incel is a shortening of the term involuntary celibate. Put simply, someone who is unable to find a partner for intercourse, but not due to a lack of trying. They are people who simply can't find a sex partner, for one of any multitude of reasons. Most of these incels are men, and a very vocal chunk of this crowd openly develops a hatred of women in general. Now, not all incels are like this. I mean, some are just simply guys who don't get any. I mean, not all of them hate women. But it's undeniable that there is a very vocal chunk of people like this in the community, and that they tend to garner the most attention. Karini was one of these people. He worded his letters as a narrative, somewhat like writing a story about what he was going to do in the future. He expressed a feeling of dead seriousness he would feel as he approached his goal, realizing that he was passing the point of no return. He figured that he could very well die, but felt that it would all be worth it. He looked forward to the tension he would feel when he approached the stage full of hot cheerleaders. Now, it might sound a little strange to keep referring to them in this way, but that's the wording that Carini used in his manifesto, so I'm going to keep referring to his targets as the hot cheerleaders. He would blend in with the crowd, making note of any security nearby. He had vowed to carry out a terrorist attack in which he blew up a stage full of these hot cheerleaders during an unspecified event, in the vein of a vaguely similar attack targeted towards attractive women carried out by Elliot Roger. Might go over that one later. I will not back down. I will not be afraid of the consequences. No matter what, I will be heroic. I will make a statement like Elliot Roger, he wrote. You most likely wonder how blowing up a large group of hot cheerleaders would be considered heroic. The toxic incel community is basically an echo chamber of hatred. Incels spend their days on forums and on Discord servers, getting other incels riled up in their hatred of women. They see women as oppressors, who deprive them of their right to love and sex, because these women are only interested in the very top percentile of attractive men. They see women as going for more attractive men in spite of their negative qualities, ignoring more average-looking men with self-proclaimed positive qualities. 
Carini likely felt he was striking out against his oppressors and participating in a movement that he felt benefited his fellow incels and would send a message to society. But here is a very confusing twist to the story. According to Carini's mother, he had a girlfriend. A steady relationship going on for at least two years. A relationship that had gotten physical. However, his mother stated in court that, despite this, she had still found material throughout his room that related to the incel movement. It's possible that all of the papers related to his involvement in the movement were from before he started his relationship, but it's mere speculation at this point. These would have been crumpled papers lying around that were several years old at this point. Other writings found in his home implied that he wished to kill himself along with his girlfriend. To possibly explain some of his odd behavior, his mother testified in court that Cole suffered from ADHD and autism, depression and anxiety, needing intense therapy at one point in his life. He was on Adderall and Prozac, and was, and is, in counseling to this day. He had a very low self-worth, something very common within the incel movement. He had also been on meth at one point in his life, but his mother claimed that he no longer was at the time of this incident. Needless to say, the general public would never look at Carini in a positive light. He was an extremist, a terrorist, plotting mass murder. It took the police over 40 hours to make sure that they had removed all of the dangerous, explosive material from the home. They further had to block the nearby roads and railroad tracks as they shipped out the material. The police confronted him with all of this. He denied everything claiming that the lawnmower had flipped over while he was mowing and that he had fallen into it. He denied owning any explosive materials or materials related to making explosives. Confronted with all of the evidence, he admitted his guilt. Just kidding. He stuck with the lawnmower story, telling the police those blades were spinning so fast it acted like a bomb. I'm not even joking. Carini was charged with lying to the police, given the mountain of evidence all throughout his car, his home, and his grandmother's shed. So, in the end, he failed in his quest for incel martyrdom. He lost a hand and several other fingers, and will likely end up with a hefty prison term. When his family was reached out to, his brother responded, My family is trusting in God and godly people. Please pray for my brother. Thank you. In December of 2020, Carini pled guilty to one count of owning an unregistered explosive device. He now faces a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. He now uses a prosthetic hand to the best of his ability. It's unknown when he will be released. His lawyer refuses to comment. He's effectively given himself a lifetime punishment of his own, losing his hands and all. As ironic as all of this is, and as easy as it is to make fun of him, I don't really know if we should. Carini will get what's coming to him, and in a way, he already has. What he did was obviously stupid, and what he planned was undoubtedly disgusting, but I think that mocking him, overall, will only contribute to the incel issue. They already feel that the whole world is out to get them, and making fun of Carini will likely only add fuel to the fire and give them the validation that they're seeking. People like Cole Carini are sadly probably already too far gone, 
I mean, he kept his tendencies despite getting a woman. Don't get me wrong, I condemn his actions and despise his ideology, but you've got to think about all of the young incels who are just becoming part of the community. They might see a large community making fun of a fellow incel who blew his hands off and think, wow, society as a large really does hate people like me, and go even further down that road. But hey, that's just my opinion, and I know this is the internet and nobody gives a shit. Once again, this has been your host, Kyle. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode. Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.